Those festive sounds you hear are Talon's Christmas Market, which has consistently been ranked as one of the best in all of Europe. Each year, the town hall square is transformed into a cozy village straight out of a fairy tale, with local merchants setting up stores offering Estonian Christmas treats as well as various knit, knitted wear and handicrafts. This is the modern Christmas market, founded in 1997. And at the center of it all stands the star of the season, a glowing Christmas tree adorned with lighting, ornaments, and even letters from local children. This year, it is a beautiful 15-meter-tall spruce from Musio village here in Estonia. This tree has roots going back almost six centuries, this tradition, making it the first documented Christmas tree to be put on display in Europe. Supposedly, as we'll get to in our interview. This is just one of the many Christmas traditions here in Estonia, and in this episode, we are going to dive into the roots of Christmas myths and imagery and learn about local Christmas traditions. Hello, my name is Terry McDonald, and this is the Town University Podcast. So yes, hello and welcome to a very special episode of the Talent University Podcast. Today we're going to be digging into the Christmas season and Christmas traditions here in Estonia. Christmas, although an overtly Christian celebration in the contemporary vocabulary, has not only permeated the secular holiday traditions, but has its roots, especially here, in ancient pagan customs. One of the modern symbols of Christmas, the shiny decorated Christmas tree, dates back to the early pagan practice of decorating homes with evergreen branches to elevate the spirits of the winter times. Aware of its ties to non-Christian religious affiliation and pagan traditions, the Catholic Church itself long resisted the display of a Christmas tree, only adopting the custom in 1982 in Vatican City. How about that? So joining us today to discuss Estonian Christmas traditions is Ella Arder. Ella is a multiple-time TLU graduate, and she is currently lecturing in Estonian language and Estonian culture here at Tallinn University. So, hope you enjoy our conversation. Uh, we'll be back at the end to say goodbye and Merry Christmas. Oh, and we're here with Ella Arder. Ella, uh, thank you so much for joining us on the Town University Podcast. Ah, well, as we're getting into Christmas today, uh, can you tell us, like, before Christianity arrived in this region, uh, what were the winter holiday traditions? No idea, because, <laughs> as you can predict, uh, a lot of our uh, culture has been written down afterwards, and the writing down of this culture is basically thanks to uh, Christianity and uh, the Baltic Germans who were kind of interested in and, uh, well, uh, inspired the locals also to be interested in their own culture and this kind of like folkloric uh, atmosphere, it became a thing in, well, basically the 19th century. So they wrote down anything you could find there. They gathered up anything you can find then, but uh, what happened before Christianity, nobody knows. <laughs> really? 
Well, you can, I guess, uh, see some um, like more ancient ritualistic parts about uh, the traditions in the 19th century, which are, you know, recorded and written down. But uh, to have like a clear-cut picture of what it used to be before Christianity, impossible. Hmm. Interesting. Well, uh, maybe then you can give us some indication of what that was like, like what have they managed to recover through oral tradition and whatever? Sure. Um, um, basically, you have a lot of um, like cultural influences from neighboring countries, and there's a lot of influence from the German side as well, Scandinavians, um, and also the Russian side that's uh, kind of connected to us here. So a lot of these traditions, I guess, kind of intermingled and were driven by each other. So you have a lot of these things that you can maybe uh, find in different cultures and uh, maybe they have like a different uh, like detail here and there. Can you give us an example? For example, um, before we got our own Santa, we had our kind of own Christmas or Yule ram, ram. which, yeah, yeah, it, it was a... An animal, it was a ram, uh, and it was a, someone who dressed up like a ram and went around the village, kind of like visiting different places, different people, and, well, uh, I don't think he brought many gifts. It was more like checking up whether everything was done, whether everyone was ready for the Christmas uh, to come or, or the holidays to come. And uh, knock, knock, knock. Not, inspection. Yeah, okay. Yeah, exactly. It's an, it's it's an inspection. <laughs> <laughs> so if you haven't done the things, then you would get, well, uh, you know, mm. admonished in some way. Yeah. So uh, they 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 would scare kids. They would splash water on you. Things like that. So these like little a less little unpleasant little experience in the Estonian winter. Yeah. Indeed, <laughs> cold and wet. <laughs> well, but if everything was fine, yeah. it uh, it was uh, all right. And the idea was, it was like an exchange. They would come, they would check up on you, and you would give them something in return. Also, you know, as a kind of like a gift type thing. So here you can actually see a kind of more anthropological like sense of gift giving as a reciprocal thing mm. so it's not that you have this crazy ram coming in and throwing gifts everywhere no no he brings you luck and in order to receive this luck you actually have to give him something you know <laughs> sounds pretty good well you mentioned him already but you have your own estonian version of santa claus here mm -hmm. now i have been studying my estonian like a good little boy but uh you as the expert here uh, in teaching poor foreigners to uh, speak your language. Maybe you can help me with the pronunciation. Mm -hmm. Yoluvana? Close. Ooh. Close, close. Okay, help me out. So here. the magic vowel. Uh, I'm going to help with uh, a pen. Okay. So I actually told you to bring a pen. I am prepared. Everyone has their own pen. <laughs> Apparently no. for hygienic reasons, which has me worried. But, exactly, right. because you need to game. put it in your mouth, and <laughs> we don't want to share the same pen. <laughs> so I'll take mine as well. So basically, uh, think of yourself as a dog, and this as a bone. So okay. you bite on the pen that you have like a dog would bite <laughs> on a bone. So stick it in your mouth. Okay. Good, yeah. So now the key is to say the vowel, the only vowel that comes out of your mouth now. Ugh. 
Perfect. Perfect. There you have it. <laughs> so I'm not sure how well this is working for an audio medium, but I'm having a good time. Uh, so, but, uh, Yolo Vana. Good. So, basically, you can't say the whole Yolo Vana with a pen in your mouth. You're yeah, supposed to with practice. The D, I think, yeah. yeah. And then once you have it, then you use the U. Yeah. Yolo Vana. Mm-hmm. Okay. Much better. All right. Well, can you tell us the origin of this Yolo Vana, please? Well, apparently this Yolovan actually comes from our kind of Germanic uh, influences. So it's a, it's a German thing. Uh, as I said before that, we had our kind of crazy ram. But the ram thing is not ours, uh, like only ours either. It's a Scandinavian uh, thing. And if you can picture like these uh, like uh, Christmas decorations that uh, the Swedes have, they actually make these like rams out of thatch is there some sort of like pagan fertility significance exactly to the ram? Ah. yes yes that's the that's, that's the the underlying thing there <laughs> yeah but yeah you can still see them in uh, kind of like christmas decoration stuff and here yeah it was like a person coming in bringing you luck and well fertility <laughs> <laughs> <Okay>. always needed <laughs> and then it kind of switched uh to having this uh santa figure Around basically the very, very late uh, 19th century. So basically it's a 20th century thing. Okay. So as a 20th century thing, you can assume that it actually was influenced by the Coca-Cola vision (laughs) quite fast. (laughs) Well, I was just going to ask, how does it uh, compare to, uh, say, the popular cultural version of Santa or... Um, Russian, like Grandpa Frost. Mm-hmm, uh, mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Basically, if you look at them, they're pretty much the same, like uh, clothing-wise. It's an old uh, bearded man and uh, has a red coat. Well, Detmaros or the the Father Frost mm. typically even has uh, blue with the white uh, uh, addition. Mm-hmm. Um, and the Estonian one would have like a red kind of coat on but the color is not even that important it's the coat and very importantly a very non-coca-cola non-typical um, uh, popular culture element is well they would have like um, a bunch of like twigs with them to beat the kids that misbehaved <laughs> yes so santa would always have well he would bring gifts, but only for the kids who behaved. Oh, a literal carrot and stick situation here, yeah? Yes, okay, indeed. Yeah. So in, well, the U.S. popular culture uh, kind of uh, sphere, you have, uh, well, he might bring you coal mm-hmm. in, in your sock. But, well, <laughs> we, we had it worse. Still sounds getting hit with a stick, yeah, yeah, <laughs> or several sticks. Yep. So it is this kind of like uh, the same kind of controlling element or the like this inspection moment that we had with this um, Christmas ram or the Yule ram and it's kind of carried on in this Santa figure. Okay, well, as we've moved into uh, the 20th century here, uh, of course, religion was discouraged, at least uh, during the Soviet era. Uh, What effect did that have on Christmas then and now? Well, I think um, Christmas uh, has been a kind of uh, religious, non-religious experience for Estonians anyway. Uh, 
we did start with how much do we know about uh, this uh, holiday without the Christian element. Well, not a lot, but as you can gather from a lot of different experiences and evidences from different cultures, this uh, kind of um, winter solstice was a very uh, common thing to actually... Um, have a holiday around. Mm -hmm. So Christmas actually kind of like moved in on a holiday that actually already existed. So we have this uh, this this time which is very dark and cold and uh, ritualistic. So you can think of it as kind of like something that has been carried on ever since then. I mean, during the Soviet times, it, it was hardly ritualistic but still the fact that uh, you had the kind of christmas time around uh, the 24th the 25th of december and then the new years that was actually the original uh, time of the holidays anyway so during the soviet times the focus was on the new years which was the less religious of the moments that you could ha handle around the holidays and less focus was on the kind of like Christmas, Christmas. But traditionally, if you read about the like uh, folkloristic things, then uh, Estonians kind of like had like three Christmases in one. You had the like Christmas, Christmas. Okay. Then you had the New Year's, uh, which was uh, Narit in Estonian, which is uh, kind of like a German influence. This Njar, so New Year. You get that. And then... The third Christmas is basically the, the uh, well, Epiphany, yeah? So the okay. 6th of uh, old, January. Old Christmas Day, they refer to it as home, yeah? Exactly, yeah. So you have you have quite a lot of days that kind of fall under this, uh, this magic time of uh, year anyway. So I think it wasn't as problematic to move the Christmases around a bit. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Is that why uh, New Year's Eve here is the sky is literally full of fireworks? Uh, is, is that one of these legacies? Probably, even though, uh, well, traditionally you weren't supposed to make a lot of noise around this time because, well, during these like magic or ritualistic moments, mm. uh, well, at least the the like winter solstice, you did not uh, make noise, nor did you work in a way that made noise. Mm. So a lot of like work... Um, um, so no chopping wood? No chopping wood, no uh, laundry. <laughs> I guess it was a noisy business. Yeah. I mean, I guess using a wash tub. Uh, yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. Um, and you talked about the emphasis of like the Orthodox Christian Christmas Day. Is that part of uh, legacy of uh, mixed nationalities here in Estonia? I think it uh, it's a, it actually something that predates it. Oh, okay. So the the material that I read says mm. that uh, these were like the the kind of well nineteenth century traditions that still held the kind of like three Christmases. Okay. <laughs> in high regard. And, uh, I mean, during that time also, there was a big influence from Russia. So maybe it kind of bled in from there as well. Hard to tell. Yeah. Okay, well, let's move to current day. What are some of the current household Christmas traditions practiced in Estonia? Well, if you ask kids, then mm -hmm. basically Christmas kind of starts around either the 1st of December... Uh, or 
uh, what's it called now? The, well, four Sundays that we have before Christmas. Advent. Advent, yes, thank you. The first Advent. Okay. So either it falls uh, in December or it falls to like one of the last uh, Sundays of uh, November. So the family has a choice. Which one is the first day that the <laughs> elves come? Ooh, okay. <laughs> so yeah, we have elves that visit you during uh, December. Well, at least if you've been a good kid, mm -hmm. because they're also inspecting and looking at everything you do. <laughs> so if you misbehave, time, yeah. yes, you see your, like a pattern here. <laughs> if you misbehave, you actually don't get anything okay. in the morning. You're supposed to leave a slipper uh, on the windowsill. And then this, um, the little elf comes and uh, brings you something good, candy or maybe a small gift. And then it culminates in the whole uh, in the Christmas supper? Eve. So is, is this once a week or every day? Every day. Every day. Yes. Wow. Well, uh, parents of small kids are yeah. very uh, thankful for the tradition, I believe, because uh, at least for a month you can say, the elves are watching. <laughs> Eat your supper. <laughs> And uh, yeah, so I, I think it's a nice tradition. I, I really like it. Uh, and uh, it is, well, as I've lived uh, mm -hmm. abroad also, it's uh, something that I, I haven't seen uh, yeah, so much anywhere else. Now, uh, of course, the more commercialized Elf on the Shelf has been introduced. but uh, Yes, yeah, but yeah. it's a very uh, uh, latecomer uh, into this whole mix. <laughs> We've had them uh, coming in... Uh, for, I don't know, decades, at least my whole life. <laughs> so what else is going on in the typical uh, Estonian household in the run-up to Christmas? Uh, well, basically the run-up to Christmas is pretty much just, uh, you know, settling your things and, uh, you know, finding gifts. And uh, what is also a bit different from, well, Christmas in the States, for example, which is, um, I guess, the one that people know most through, uh, you know, films. A lot and, of movies, yeah. Yeah, everything. Uh, we celebrate on the 24th. Mm. And it's a very uh, deeply Estonian thing, like any kind of traditional things, uh, any kind of traditional holidays we have, we celebrate on the eve of. So mm. the eve of is actually the magic night. And, well, traditionally we're supposed to... Uh, well, they would bring in um, either hay or thatches to kind of like cover the, the house, which, well, it was like a dirt uh, uh, floor. Yeah. So you would want are something. You, are you doing this for your carpets now? Uh, no, no, no. <laughs> Maybe I should. I have a dog. He brings in quite a lot of dirt. <laughs> yeah. But no, it was it was the traditional mm -hmm. when you had this uh, house where you didn't have a floor, actually. Yeah. And, uh, um, well... Basically, from that time, we have traditions of staying up the whole night of Christmas Eve. Uh, because apparently, if you fall asleep, you're going to be sleepy for the whole year and so on. Oh, really? Uh, lots of like little tidbits like Is that. Children so, included? Uh, I think so, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Although I'm guessing babies would still you know, fall asleep. <laughs> And apparently, if you did fall asleep, uh, you would be punished. Uh, like, I don't know, your clothes would be would be sewn onto, like, uh, blankets and so on. <laughs> uh, you, you don't want to do that. You want to stay ahead of the game. Okay. <laughs> and uh, from that time, we also have this tradition of uh, having 9 to 12 different dishes or eating 9 to 12 times during that night. But I think those traditions have kind of... Um, moved and uh, 
made more room into this for this kind of like a, a typical uh, people gather around, have a nice dinner, eat themselves to death. Yes, but only once. <laughs> Can you tell us some of these dishes? Well, it's a very typical. Uh, I, I always say that uh, our kitchen is um, a, a baby of uh, the German kitchen and the Russian kitchen. And Christmas time, the German side wins. So lots of pork and sauerkraut and blood sausages and things like that, which is not uh, like super original or anything like that. Depends on where you're from, I guess. Some people might yeah, not be yeah. familiar with the idea of a blood sausage. Would you care no, to explain? No, no, but it's a very Germanic thing in that sense. Uh, basically, you make a sausage, but you don't throw away the blood. You use the blood also to uh, kind of... Um, what um, kind of decoration is typical for an Estonian house? Well, I think a lot of people still bring in uh, a fir tree. And uh, it's it's. I think the smell and the whole, like, um, making it look nice and decorating it... Uh, I think that's a big thing. And um, I think the rest of it is kind of like, you know, whatever Ikea sells or Hemtex or, you know, <laughs> these kind of like Scandinavian uh, like influences. I think they they, they have a, a taste influence for us as well. Well, speaking of Christmas trees, Estonia, of course, has a very famous Christmas tree in uh, the Old Town Square. Mm -hmm. Can you tell us a little bit about the story of this? Well, apparently it's uh, one of the like oldest or the oldest. We in Tallinn like to say that it's the oldest uh, like public Christmas tree tradition. So uh, the first one was put up in 1441. Ooh. But I don't know. Riga also has an idea that they have their oldest tradition thing. So maybe uh, maybe it's uh, something that happened in a lot of places <laughs> around the same time. <laughs> it's uh, it's quite the sight for those that haven't seen it uh the Tallinn Christmas market, is this something that is based on tradition or is this more tourism based? I think it is more kind of, it's it's gotten its wings from tourism. Uh, and uh, this Christmas market tradition is a very Germanic thing. And I just visited uh, Luxembourg a couple of weeks ago and uh, they said that uh, they now also hold Christmas markets they didn't used to. So mm. It's a kind of like a Germanic uh, <laughs> wave. <laughs> the... Um Speaking of the region, you mentioned Riga, of course, and Latvia. Uh, are there commonalities, differences amongst the regional Christmas traditions? Well, uh, as I've lived in Finland, I know uh, that there are some things that they do that we don't. For example, they have this pikkujoulu, uh, which is like small Christmas. Okay, which, what's that? Which uh, is basically the uh, early December uh, assemblies of like friends and uh, co-workers and these kinds of uh, like uh, not families but anyone else you want to actually meet up with and well, basically they hang out they they have a good time they celebrate Christmas early oh. uh, which is I think quite nice to have it uh, you know done early for uh, co-workers so you can enjoy your time <laughs> with family <laughs> later on pretty good um for those who don't know in our audience, Estonia is one of the least religious countries in Europe, I think, if not the least. Yeah, yeah, statistically, yeah. Yeah. Uh, how does that uh, play into the celebration of a traditionally religious holiday like Christmas? Uh, well, I think, this is my personal opinion, or, well, it's kind of based on uh, what I see around my, me. Okay. While statistically um, the least religious 
uh, I would say that Estonians tend to be very like spiritual or okay. kind of they find these other things to believe in. So maybe not Christ, maybe not, uh, you know, any kind of like actual religion okay. thing. But a lot of people, you know, uh, they're really interested in like what crystals can tell you and uh, what is this thing about like astrology and like palm reading and like all these kinds of like um, alternative uh, okay. sides to uh, like life. <laughs> so I think uh, Estonians as we tend to be very individualistic. We don't like to take part in any kind of like very uh, big religious ceremonies, but hmm. we like to have our own kind of understanding of how life works and so on. So bearing in mind that we have this uh, affinity towards uh, like spiritualistic things. <laughs> okay. Uh, then I think there's no question around how the magic around Christmas still works for us. Because I think it didn't used to be so much uh, around Christianity. Uh, I think the, the heritage of it is, well, pre-Christian. Hmm. And in that sense, it makes sense to have traditions that kind of like grow and evolve and, and people still care about uh, without having this religious moment to it. So is going to church part of the ritual for many people here? Actually, it used to be much more than it is now. Okay. And uh, funnily enough, it used to be much more important for people uh, during the Soviet times hmm. when it was forbidden. Interesting. <laughs> Interesting, yes. <Yeah>. You <laughs> get this individualistic uh, moment. <laughs> uh, I was just uh, speaking to my dad on the phone about uh, how uh, they spent Christmas when he was young and uh, he... Uh, said that it was quite important for them um, when they were in high school, so this is like late 70s, uh, to actually go to uh, church at Christmas. And while uh, people kept watch, uh, it was too many people to actually, you know, uh, you know, stop them from going or or inhibit them in any way. So mm. it was basically like ceremony after ceremony, like maybe they had like three uh, different ceremonies uh, during the Christmas night or the eve of. Yeah. So it's like one ended and the other one began because it was so packed and full, like insane. Really? Insanely popular. And now that it's not problematic and no one forbids it, well, I guess less people go. But it is something that uh, I think even people who don't consider them to be religious, I think people still do it. So do you think that was tied to identity in some way? Definitely, yeah. And uh, this kind of uh, testing your boundaries or mm. the boundaries of the, the kind of controlling state that people lived in. And it's, um, I guess if you're young, it's kind of a game also. You don't sense the danger of it as much. That is interesting. Uh, of course, uh, folk music has played a giant role in Estonian culture. Uh, how? What role does folk singing, uh, carols, things like that play in Estonian Christmas? Well, uh, we don't have this carol singing uh, tradition that you would go from house to house to sing uh, in that sense. But the like more ancient traditions around, uh, you know, visiting houses during this Christmas time with the Christmas or Yule Ram, mm. they probably or most likely sang there. And uh, a lot of this like communal singing has been a part of uh, living in 
general. Like we had like work songs and like just having fun songs and all kinds of different things. But nowadays, I think it's more, uh, you know, singing around the Christmas tree, you know, um, as our tradition uh, uh, holds, you do not get your present unless you've performed. Typically, it's a, um, well, a poem of a sort. Mm. But I never, uh, I, I, I don't have poems in my head. <laughs> They're just not there anymore. I used to when I was a kid. But now uh, we well, just well, you sing. Were, you were incentivized to memorize these poems. Of course, to get your of course, yeah. because back when I was a kid, uh, <clears throat> they would actually have the little twigs uh, at, at hand, you know, <laughs> and you would never want to be, uh, you know, well, of course you were starstruck if you saw the Santa like person appear before you and you were afraid, but you needed to perform to get your gift. <laughs> so it's it's a very good incentive. <laughs> But nowadays it's more, uh, yeah, singing instead of um, these uh, immense uh, Christmas poems. Is there uh, any particular Estonian Christmas song that you would recommend? I just looked up, and I really like this song also. And apparently it is an Estonian song, so you can fi find it um, probably in YouTube. Labi Lume Sahiseva. Which means? Through the uh, swishing snow. Okay. <laughs> Well, maybe we can put a clip of that in right here. Okay, well, Ella, well, I'll let you go with one last question. What is your personal favorite Estonian Christmas tradition? I think it is the singing together part. Uh, I I don't have kids myself, but I have a niece and nephew, so we do uh, this kind of, uh, uh, well, uh, we, we keep face. We say that uh, Santa brought these gifts, even though we don't have an actual Santa coming. Mm. But, uh, you know, the gifts appear, so, you know, they must be from Santa and... Every time you uh, find a gift with your name or someone does it for you, then you have to perform. But uh, we, <laughs> I, I think we're a, a, a very friendly family in the sense that if someone picks up a tune, everyone else joins in. So it actually ends up being singing together, oh, which is, okay. I think, one of the nicest things. And also it's nice to get a gift in the end. <laughs> Are you uh, going to sing us a little uh gift-getting song here before we go? Mm, no. Oh. <laughs> it was worth a shot. Well, thank you so much for joining us, Ella. Sure. I really appreciate it. And hide Yule. Hide Yule. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, thanks. Okay, well, thanks for joining us. Uh, th big thanks to Ella for uh, being our final guest of 2022. We want to thank you all for a wonderful calendar year that we've had. Uh, please check out our 
Facebook and Instagram pages to see some of the good stats we got from the good people at Spotify. Uh, this season, we'd like to celebrate working with Estonian World Magazine, who share our passion for English language stories about Estonia's role in the world. You can check them out at Facebook or on www.estonianworld.com. As always, we've been brought to you by the Baltic Film, Media and Arts School and the School of Governance, Law and Society here at Tallinn University. For information about their programs, many of which are in English, you can check out www.tlu.ee. Our producer is Avo Ulvik. Further research and development has been done by Jana Levitinia, Mal Kashmiri, Peter Nikonin, Cynthia Enemosa, Chongbin Lee, Noor Iliana, Eva Deachuk, Tan Ding Kang, and Katrin Helen Kasavandik. Our theme song is Ghosts of 68, performed by myself and Paul Simmons. All other music is written and performed by myself or maybe Avo. And I think we might have a snippet of an Estonian Christmas song in there. If so, we'll put the link in the credits. Uh, you can find us on Facebook and Instagram, as mentioned, at TLU Podcast, and on Twitter at Talon Podcast. And we've just launched a TikTok somewhere, so you can find that one as well. I want to thank you all again for joining us and wish you a happy holiday season, no matter what you choose to celebrate. And we'll be taking a couple of weeks off and we'll be back again in early 2023. So we'll see you then. Thanks so much.